Hey, this is Steph, otherwise known as Moving Forward, Looking Forward from Instagram or Facebook or my business name, which is now MFLF, which is very exciting. Today I'm recording from home. Well, I record every time from home, but as most of you know, I've got dogs and today they are a little more active. They're currently playing Chasey, so you may hear some barking or some tip-taps across the floor as they run across the floorboard. So I do apologize for that noise, but nothing I can do about it. They normally sleep until around 12 o'clock and it's now 2.32. So they're active, but they should be asleep again in half an hour or so when they run out of energy. Today I am answering your questions. A couple of weeks ago on Instagram I put up a poll asking for podcast topics and it actually ended up just being a lot of different questions rather than topics that I could discuss. So I thought I'd do a bit of a Q&A. I've picked out the best questions and I'll roll with them and some of them are actually topics that I can chat about for hours so I've put them aside and I'll do separate podcasts about them such as such as questions like can you be healthy and fat yes you can so that's a whole entire podcast on its own but before I begin I always let you know that I'm not a GP I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist dietitian or nutritionist I'm merely just sharing my experiences and my journey and obviously if you feel as though you'd benefit from chatting to a professional after hearing anything I've spoken about today please do so because my advice is not professional advice it's based merely on my personal experiences. Let's get started. I'm not going to name the names of the people who sent me the questions I am just going to read out the question and I will answer it. First question How do you set goals and what are some goals you currently have? When I set goals, I make sure that they're realistic. So I would never, ever set a goal saying I'm going to run a half marathon next week. I haven't trained for that. It's very unlikely that I'm actually going to be able to do that because I haven't been working toward it, but I might be able to do one next year. So if I was looking at setting a short-term goal to be able to get to my long-term goal of running that far, I might say I would like to be able to run a kilometre in the next two weeks or something along those lines. So I remember when I was trying to lose weight, you know, the millions of times I've tried and, and failed, I would set myself goals of losing a kilo a week. First week I might lose 1.5 or 2 or something like that but then I'd put it all back on and then I'd failed which then meant I would stop so I'd lose interest because I wasn't able to achieve that goal and I wouldn't want to do it again because I just didn't want to end up disappointed so now when I set my goals I make sure they're things that I know I can do one of my goals that I currently have is to run a half marathon next year in July at Run Melbourne. So I've got plenty of time to train for that. I've got 10 months. I have actually started training. And I know some people might think, oh my God, well, you've got such a long time to train. Why are you starting now? It's because I can't run 5Ks without stopping yet. I can run 1.3 to 1.8Ks on a good day without stopping, but I'd like to be able to run five without stopping. So yes, I am training and I am running for it and I'm doing everything I can to be able to reach that goal because I want to be able to achieve it come July next year. Another goal that I've got at the moment, which I announced on my Facebook and Instagram a couple of days ago, was I want to compete in a bikini 
slash bodybuilding slash fitness competition and I aim to do that in 2021. The reason I've set that as such a long-term goal is I have still got a lot of weight to lose so I've got around about 65 kilograms to lose before I get to my goal. I'd like to be around about 85 to 90 kilos, that's my initial goal anyway and I need to build muscle. So by having that long-term goal I have got several months to be able to plan toward it and it's something that will keep me on track. So whilst it's ages away, every time I think about eating a cupcake, I will think, oh, hang on, you want to be walking on a stage in a bikini in 2021, so maybe don't eat the cupcake. So my mind is now geared to be able to think that far ahead. It never used to be, but it's come with practice and habits and being able to see that. I've been doing this now for nearly two years, so it's very unlikely I'm going to stop anytime soon. And by setting goals that far ahead, then I'm going to be able to obviously keep on track and look toward my vision of having such a long-term goal. I don't have many other goals at the moment. I do want to continue to lose weight. I want to continue to build muscle. I am considering joining another challenge. This one's not through my gym, but I found I did really, really well with the challenge I recently did with my gym, the YNB challenge, the On New Beginning challenge. I really enjoyed it and I got some incredible results and actually being able to have that period of time, that eight weeks to know I had to do everything I possibly could really helped me keep on track. So that's something I'm considering doing at the moment is starting another challenge. So that's a goal that I've got. Next question. How have you managed to keep going without your lap band not working? How do you lose kilograms? I was really annoyed when my lap band stopped working and (laughs) I have actually recorded a podcast about my weight loss journey, but Long story short, for those who don't know, I had a lap band in 2010. It had to be fixed in 2011. I put on most of my weight, well, actually all of it from the day that I had my surgery plus a little bit more. And when I started on my weight loss journey almost two years ago, I went to get my lap band filled a couple of months after I started because I thought, you know what, I've got this tool, I've got my lap band, I may as well use it. I went to have it filled and having a fill is the way the lap band works. It stops me from being able to eat as much food and it makes the food go down through my stomach slower. So when they went to give me the fill, they told me that they could, but they'd have to put the needle through my back. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Then he told me my port had flipped again, which means my lap band doesn't work. So I have no fluid in my lap band. The only purpose my lap band serves is I don't feel hunger as much as what I would if I didn't have it. Other than that, I can eat anything and I can eat as much of it as I want. So how have I managed to keep on going without my lap band not working? I just have. And I make it sound really easy when I say it that way, but the level of accomplishment I feel knowing that I'm doing that without my tool makes me incredibly proud because I have never been at a point in my life where I've been able to lose weight properly like this without having that tool. So whilst I am considering getting my lap band fixed at some point merely because I am getting 
pain from where the port has fallen off the wall. It's like a pinching pain. I can't do any ab work or anything like that. So that's the only reason I'm thinking about getting it fixed. But would I use it if it was fixed? Probably not. Would I lose weight quicker if it was fixed? Yes. <laughs> I would lose a lot of weight very, very quickly. Um, but I'm enjoying just going along for the ride, doing it slowly, slow and steady. My skin has time to shrink. It has time to keep up with the rest of my body. And how do I lose weight without my lap band? I watched how many kilojoules I have a day. I watch my portion sizes. I try and drink three liters of water and I exercise and I make good choices. So pretty much what people already know about losing weight is what I'm doing. And it's not easy. It is hard and it is time consuming and it's doing the same thing every single day. But I feel really accomplished being able to do something like that. Next question. I would love to hear about some of your biggest struggles when you were at your heaviest. Normally when I do a podcast, I write down a couple of notes to keep me on track, but I thought I'll be right just reading questions. And this one came up and I thought maybe I should write a couple of notes, but I think I'll just talk and see how I go. At my heaviest weight, I was 243 kilos. And some of the struggles that I came up against were things that people probably don't even think of. For example, if I got my car fixed, I wouldn't fit in the loan car. I literally would not be able to get in that loan car. Yeah, it was a small loan car, but I couldn't fit in it. Like my stomach wouldn't get in the car. Even if I had a bigger loan car, the seatbelt wouldn't have fit me. So I wouldn't have been able to drive it legally. That was probably one of my biggest struggles. Not being able to put shoes on is also something I took for granted because now I can just chuck my runners on and, you know, do them up and whatever. I'm, I'm out the door and I'm off. But when I was at my heaviest, I couldn't do that. I used to wear thongs or Crocs and I used to be uncomfortable for a lot of the time because obviously I'm heavy and I haven't got a lot of padding under my feet. So my feet would constantly hurt and I also had lymphedema and lymphedema is um, swelling, so fluid retention in the ankles. And I was really, really sore and I was really uncomfortable and... And that was tough. Things like not being able to fit in my shower. I also couldn't sit in standard chairs at cinemas or theatres or restaurants. I was too big for this world. And when I say it like that, it actually makes me feel really miserable. Because the world should accommodate everyone. But sometimes you're bigger than what the world can accommodate. And it was tough. Finding clothes was virtually impossible. I used to break beds. My bed used to be on the ground, so I didn't have casters because I used to break the the pine, um, what would you call it, the support underneath the base. So I wouldn't even lay in my children's bed with them because I know I'd break it. So just things like that, things that people probably wouldn't even think of unless you've actually been there. I used to find it hard to shower. I used to find it hard to muster up energy. I just I just didn't care. I'd sort of checked out and I think that when I think back now to to how I felt, I can't remember how bad I felt, but I know how good I feel now. So 
it's not a place I ever want to be back at. But I'll never bag myself for being there. I understand how I got there and I accept how I got there. But you'll never see me say on one of my Transformation Tuesday posts, oh my gosh, I'm fat and ugly and I'm disgusting. I'm not and I wasn't. I was in a really, really tough place. And I'm just proud of myself for making a decision to do something. And I am proud that I was able to live in a world that couldn't accommodate me for the length of time that I did because there are a lot of times when I didn't want to be here because of how big I felt and how isolated I was and how I was often feeling ostracized. I I didn't feel accepted. Walking out the door, being stared at, being picked on, having things shouted out at me, things thrown at me, just it was just a really horrible place to be in. So, yeah, I think the struggles of being that size are mental and physical. And, yeah, <laughs> there you go. I wish I'd written notes on that because I probably wouldn't, probably wouldn't have gone into as much depth as I did. Next question. Hi, can I talk to you about how to go to the gym without feeling self-conscious? This is a question I get asked all the time and my answer probably sounds really simple and I know it's not, but just go. And when I say it like that, I know that it's probably taking out all the struggles that I've gone through in in doing that as well because there was a time when I didn't want to go to the gym The way I used to get over that was I would walk in with my headphones in my ears and I would focus on what I was doing. I wouldn't look at people. I wouldn't talk to people. I would just go in there and do my thing and be there for my own purpose. I didn't have anyone to go to the gym with. It was just me. There was a time when someone took a photo of me on the bike at the gym and I was also called a whale when I was in the water. But I did report both of those things. This was years ago. And those members were dealt with because they could identify who they were. But the world isn't a very nice place. But if you're at the right gym, it will be one of the most supportive places that you've ever been to. If you're able to find a friend to go with you, go with a friend. If you would prefer to have a personal training session to begin with before you start exercising on your own, do that because that's a way of getting into it as well. The personal trainer will be able to show you around, talk you through the classes that are on, give you a really, really good induction to the gym and, and help you feel a bit familiar with it. If you don't want to go there and exercise, go there and have a coffee if they've got a cafe. Go there and sit and read a book, get used to the environment and the feeling and the vibe and get used to the atmosphere. But one thing a lot of people have noticed when I share my workout videos is that no one's watching me. They're all watching the instructor because they don't care about what I'm doing. They care about what they're doing. And you'll notice that when you go on the treadmill as well, if you look over into the section where everyone's working with weights, they're not watching you. They're watching their body in the mirror, not because they're up themselves, but because they're wanting to focus on their technique. They're wanting to make sure they're lifting equally on equal sides and it's balanced and that they're doing their weights correctly so they don't injure themselves they're probably also checking themselves out because gosh they work hard to look like that but no one cares about what you're doing and if they do you tell someone about it because gyms are not an environment for anything other than being supportive 
Group exercises, group exercise classes, sorry, are fantastic for people who feel nervous. Yeah, it's scary going in on your own, but do what I do. (laughs) Go in there, stand up the back, get there early, get there a few minutes early, make small talk, chat to people. You'll find people who have been in there for years. You'll make new friends and you'll find people that are there for the first time as well. And the instructor should introduce themselves as well at the beginning and ask if there's any new people there because they also like to suss out any injuries and explain how the class works. So you can put your hand up and you can have a look at other people who put their hand up too. And if they're new, go and say hi. Pretend you're a kid again, you're in kindergarten, you want to play with someone. Hey, my name is Steph, how are you? Maybe don't be creepy and offer them some of your sandwich or share a lolly snake with them like you would in kindergarten because we don't do that as adults. Maybe I should try. But make some friends. Be brave. It's hard. I get that. It's scary. But life is scary and new things are scary. And if they weren't scary, they wouldn't be worth doing. And I think... Even now when I, there's a couple of classes I haven't done at my gym and I still feel scared when I walk into them and a lot of people there know me and a lot of the instructors know me but even in classes that I've done before and I know that none of my friends are going to be there, I do feel nervous because I'm like, oh my God, I'm going in on my own. But you get to know the instructor and you get to know the music and then you just look like you're incredible and you've been every single class and you feel confident. So just go and do it. You might enjoy it. You might not, but you won't know until you've actually tried. Also, if you're not keen on walking outside or you don't want to leave your house, for whatever reason, there's a lot of reasons why people wouldn't want to do that. You're able to have a look at heaps of different exercise on YouTube. Also, use your backyard, use your lounge room. There's heaps of different ways you can exercise. You don't have to go to a gym to exercise. There's other ways that you can start getting into shape so that you feel a little bit more confident. And it all starts when you decide that you want to make a change. How big the change is up to you. But if you need to start small, start small. That's better than not starting at all. Next question. How did you stay on track when you were feeling depressed? This is a really hard question because what works for me might not work for others, but I think of it this way. I split my life up into three. It's probably a really simple way of putting it. But I've got my eating and I've got my exercise and I've got my mental health. And I will focus on those elements at different times. So if I'm not feeling great mentally, I will drop the physical. If I'm not feeling great physically, then I focus a little bit more on the mental to work out why I'm not feeling that great the only component I try not to skip on now is the food because if I'm not feeling great mentally and physically it's really highly likely I'm going to overeat so I try not to do that because I don't want to do that but I don't focus on everything I suppose is what I'm saying if I'm not feeling great when I'm depressed whilst I know I'll feel awesome after going for a walk Sometimes I don't feel like leaving the house. So I will just look after myself. I will look after myself in different ways. I won't be too hard on myself. So if I don't go to the gym for two weeks because I'm feeling depressed, that's okay. The gym is there when I'm feeling better. But as long as I'm not beating myself up about not going and as long as I'm not sitting at home eating burgers and chips and chocolate, if I do, that's okay. Just as long as I don't eat all of the burgers and all the chips and all of the chocolate. 
but I just I'm just really gentle on myself and I don't stay on track 100%. 100% for me is being really disciplined with my food and disciplined with my workouts and things like that. And I can't do that when I'm not feeling well because I'm not feeling 100%, therefore I can't give 100%. But I will do as much as I can and that's enough for me. So anything that you've taken out of what I've just said, be gentle on you because there's enough things in this world to make us feel awful about ourselves. We shouldn't be one of those things that make us feel that bad. Question, pain and getting over it. Now, I'm not sure if this person meant physical pain or emotional pain, but I can talk about both. Um, Physically pain, yeah, I hurt. (laughs) I don't hurt as nearly as much as I used to. So when I first started working out, oh my God, I was sore. Like I couldn't, I couldn't sit down on the toilet. Now, if I can't sit down on the toilet, I know I've worked really hard and I know I've pushed myself to my limits there's certain things that I can't do like other people for example squats I can't squat as low as someone else but I can squat lower than I used to and if I squat lower than I used to now I get sore so physical pain if you're in physical pain while you're working out you shouldn't be working out that's not right exercise shouldn't be painful and once again I let you know I'm not a GP or a osteopath or anything like that at the moment I'm just going from what I know but if you're feeling sore or something twinges stop don't push yourself there's no point you're going to injure yourself and you're going to be sore you're going to would be worse off but if you're sore after a workout um, delayed onset muscle soreness or if you're crampy have magnesium I have magnesium before I do a run and I have it after a run and I try and have it every day but I don't because I forget but have it before you do strenuous exercise because it will make a lot of difference to crampy and things like that I'll see if I can find some information about magnesium actually and I'll post it a salt bath is good um I don't have baths but you can also go down to the local pools and use a hydro pool for example like the really warm pool that will help your muscle soreness your muscle pain seeing an osteo seeing a physio chatting to your doctor also chatting to your pt and asking them why you're feeling like that because like i said you shouldn't be in immense pain but the one thing i've learned about being stiff and sore the day after a workout is i don't stay sitting down because then I'm going to be much worse. So how I get over it is I don't stop. Obviously, if I'm in pain, then I do stop. But if I'm just sore because I've worked really hard, I don't stop. I keep going. I'm going to be worse if I do stop. Emotional pain, I'm not really sure if that's what that person meant. I don't think emotional pain is something you can get over quickly. I think it's something you have to work through. I've been seeing a psychologist for years now and I've touched on a lot of issues. I've gone through a lot of things from my past that I've spoken to her about and I've dealt with, but every so often it comes up in different forms. Bullying is a huge example of things that can trigger memories for me and I'll be 
doing something and then all of a sudden a song will come on or I'll hear a phrase that just brings back memories. And I, I know I'm not unique in that regard. I know that everyone feels like that. But I think working through pain, regardless of whether it's physical or emotional, and understanding how it happened and doing the things you can to prevent it happening again is probably the best thing you can do to protect yourself. So with physical pain, you know, magnesium and osteos and physios, like I said, emotional pain, if there's someone in your life that's causing you pain, work out different ways of dealing with them or cut them out. Now, I know that's hard as well. I've had to do that. That's something I deal with every day because it was a really, really difficult decision for me to cut a relationship with a family member. But that relationship takes two people to work and I could see that that one person wasn't interested so to save me the grief of being hurt anymore I cut them off and I think you deserve that you owe it to yourself to look after yourself so that you are avoiding getting yourself in situations where you may be in pain and may be hurting Next question, advice for someone who's just starting out with exercise. Three main points on this, see a doctor. I don't know what point you're at with your exercise, whether you're just starting out, whether you're, when I say just starting out, I mean, do you currently walk to work? Do you go up a flight of stairs? What's your fitness level like? See a doctor and chat to them about it and say, look, I want to start exercising Am I okay to do that? You might have heart conditions. You might be pregnant. You might have conditions with your joints and things like that. So it's always good to check in with them, especially if you're just starting exercise and you've never exercised before. See a personal trainer. They are fantastic. Find one that you gel with because if you have someone who you enjoy working with, you're going to find it a lot easier to work with them than someone you don't. Find someone who has your best interests at heart and wants to see you be able to achieve your very best and who takes time to put programs together for you and it keeps you busy and keeps you interested and gives you surprises. When I see my PT, I have no idea what he's going to have in store for me and it keeps it exciting and engaging and it's fun. He's a pain in my bum. He's a really, really nice guy, but I know that he has my best interests at heart and he will push me. I whinge and bitch and complain, but I get the work done and I laugh while I'm doing it and that really makes the time fly and you don't even really realize how sore you are or how tired you are because you're just enjoying yourself. My other tip for someone who's just starting out is give it your all. You're not going to know your limits until you push them. So if you go in half-assed thinking, oh, I'm probably not going to be able to do this or I'm not going to enjoy it, then you're probably not going to be able to do it and you're probably not going to enjoy it. Have a positive attitude and give it everything that you've got because there's no point in going if you're not going to put in what you didn't think you had. And every time I work out, I never, ever regret a workout that I've done. I always regret the workouts that I didn't do. I don't always feel like going to the gym. There's some days I just cannot be bothered. The way I get there is by getting dressed to go and I go. And once I'm there, I can get my stuff done. And I don't always feel like getting my stuff done. But once you're standing in the middle of the gym 
and the treadmill is there and the cross trainer is there and the battle ropes are over there. You're like, okay, I'm just going to do five minutes on the treadmill. Turn that five minutes into 10 if you can. Turn that 10 into 15. Then go on the cross trainer, start with five. Turn that five into 10. Turn that 10 into 15. Just push yourself. And even if you're able to get a 20-minute workout in, it's better than the nothing that you were going to do before you didn't go. If you're going for a walk outside make sure you pick somewhere that you can't turn around and go home so <laughs> I've done that a couple of times I'm like oh I'll just go for a walk around the block yeah I get around the block and then I go and sit on the couch because I can't be bothered anymore but if I go around the big block my big block is like 3.8 k's or something once I'm halfway around I can't just turn around and go home because I'm going to be walking the same amount if I'd walk the whole thing anyway so don't give yourself an out don't put yourself in a position where you're not going to be able to do that like actually get out of it because that's self-sabotaging and I think we all do it at different stages the other thing is do things you enjoy there's no point in doing something you don't like like I hated running when I first started exercising couldn't stand it I love it now but if you're doing something you enjoy you're going to stick at it it's more likely you're going to keep going back and doing it again and again and again and try new things always so I recently started doing belly dancing it's so much fun it's so hard and I'm in pain when I finish because I've worked muscles I didn't even know I had but I also love things like Zumba and I love Shabam and I love aqua aerobics and I really enjoy Metafit I wouldn't have known I loved any of those things unless I tried them so give something a go, try something new, because unless you do that, you're not you're not going to stick with it. If you're doing something you hate, it's unlikely you're going to go back. Last question is, how do I keep going? That's probably a whole podcast on its own, but I keep going because I know I don't want to go back to where I was. I have a goal in mind and I want to get there and I want to achieve it. And the only way I'm going to achieve it is by getting up putting in the work, going to bed and doing exactly the same thing the next day. It's not always easy. It's not always fun. It's not always glamorous. It's not It's not always going to be something I feel like doing, but I do it because I want better for me and I want better for my life. I want to live a rich, fulfilling life where I'm able to enjoy it and, and get everything I can out of it. So on that note, they're my questions. I've got a whole list of questions that I was able to put aside to do different podcasts about on topics that I can expand on. If you ever have any questions, feel free to look me up, shoot me a message on Instagram, look me up at moving forward, looking forward, or you can send me an email at stephmflf at gmail. Dot com. I always love to hear your feedback and your comments and queries. I love being able to interact with my audience and it's great knowing that I give people a lot of stuff when I do these podcasts. I enjoy doing them. I like talking to myself, <laughs> but I just I enjoy doing them because I know a lot of people get a lot out of it. So on that note, have a great day, night, morning, whatever it is, wherever you are in the world, and I will speak to you soon. Take care.